It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hey, good afternoon. My name is Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. This is um, a place to learn everything about franchising, but I have a special treat today because we're going to talk about not franchising. So stay tuned. We got some great stuff coming up. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, this is a place to find out everything about franchising, how to buy a franchise, how to sell a franchise, how to turn your business into a franchise. And so my name is Tom Scarta. Again, I am the host and I have a great book about franchising, which is based on my successes and my failure in my second franchise. It's called Franchise Savvy. You can pick it up on Amazon. And also an online course, everything you need to know A to Z on how to invest in a franchise. In addition, check out my YouTube channel with more than 50 videos about franchising and all the little details you need to know. This is a lot more than picking something that you think you like. So you have to think about the back end. So don't don't be the customer in the front of the counter, but you got to think about what it's like to be behind the counter. So we are really, uh, I'm just... It's ecstatic because this is a podcast today that's different than any other podcast I've done. I'm going to talk about what to do when the franchising item or the franchising industry is not for you. So I have a great gentleman with me who could talk probably for hours about this. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to keep it down to 20 minutes. Um, John Narrow helps mid-career professionals prepare, position, and promote who they are and what they do so they can show up and find the job that they love or love the job that they have. So John's professional walk includes 25 years in education with a longstanding corporate consultant uh, or as a longstanding corporate consultant with Fortune 500 company, Casino America. John's the author of two different books. One is Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career, as well as mid career GPS, and that's four steps to figuring out what's next. He's also the host of the Mid-Career GPS podcast. So John's a professional bowler, which is just awesome, and has won uh, titles on the PBA regional tour and still actively competes, living outside of Washington, D.C. He and his spouse have a rescue cat they (laughs) named... Amy Farah Mialo. So that's a nod to the television show Big Bang Theory, which I'm a big fan of and have seen yeah. every single episode. John, welcome to the Franchise Academy. Tom, it is great to be here with you and, and everybody who's watching or listening. And it's it's always nice to connect with a fellow Big Bang Theory fan. So like you, I've, I've seen every episode multiple times. So it's yes. really great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Great show. Would- we should just do another podcast later on, just like our favorite tidbits <laughs> of the Big Bang Theory. One one thing I do have to say, and I recommend doing this, is get when the show opens and they're running the titles and the song is playing, the, the theme song, do it on slow motion. The stuff that's in that slow, in that title video, I guess I'll call it, is unbelievable. They incur- they cover everything that happened in the world for the past. I don't know, four and a half billion years 
in like 30 seconds. It's amazing. It is brilliant. You are absolutely right. And I've done that as well. I've slowed it down and just sat there and marveled at all of the things that are, that are in there. You catch something different every time you get to do it. Just like when you watch an episode over again. Oh, it's great. Oh man. I have so many great um, things to say about the show, but um, also uh, watching young, young Sheldon, which is also, I think very well done, yeah. um, but, but onto, onto what you're doing. So the, the reason I want to have John on is because his, his, what he's doing is exactly what I do, but not for franchising. He does it for people that want to get a job um, and, and how to do it better. So he, he's a transition specialist, but I, I feel like it would be great to have John on this show because there's a lot of folks out there listening where franchising just may not be a really good fit for them. And so what's the options, you know? Go back to corporate America. A lot of people have a sour taste in their mouth about that. But if you do it in a different way, it might be a better experience for you. So, John, I want to ask, how do you define what you call a mid-career move moment? So, Tom, a mid-career moment is that point in your career where you realize that what you are doing isn't working for you anymore. And, and that moment starts to get louder and stronger as days pass. So for me, it was when I was working as a middle school mathematics teacher and make no mistake, I loved what I was doing in the classroom, but I felt like I was being pulled. In other words, I wanted to do something more. And I remember teaching a lesson one day on multiplying fractions. And it was a good lesson at work. The kids got the concepts and everything. And this voice just popped in my head and it said, you can't do this for the rest of your life. And I shrugged it off and I thought, eh, no big deal. And then the next day it's like, you can't be doing this for the rest of your life. There's got to be something more. And the more I leaned into what exactly it was that I was unsatisfied or unhappy with, with where my career was, I worked in a great district. I had a great job. I had a great salary, all those kind of things. The boxes were all checked, but I was unhappy and I had to get clear on what I was unhappy about and then recognize that I'm in 100% control of where my career is headed and figure out whatever was going to be next. For me, that was transitioning into a role where I was going to work more with adult learners and, and teachers and just help them be better teachers. So that was a, a next step. And then things led to me working for a state superintendent and then eventually working for an educational nonprofit where I did training and staffing direction before I opened my practice full time. That is awesome. And it's just a brilliant insight to what happens, I think, to most people. I call it a midlife awakening, actually. Yeah. You know, you wake up one day and you're like, what the hell am I doing? There's got to be more to life than just paying the bills. And, and so I made the career change to just leave corporate America and, and buy a business. And that route is not for everyone. What is a kind of a pain point, I guess, that a lot of your clients might have? Like, Oh, thank you so much for that question. The biggest pain point that the people I talk to and the people I work with day in and day out have is this fear about being stuck. So typically the people I work with are late 30s to mid 40s. 
and they're looking at the next 15, 20, 25 years. And that fear creeps in of them saying to themselves, I don't know if I can stay here. I don't know if I can keep doing this job. And they start evaluating all of the things that are upward for them organizationally, but what are some of the things that are outside of their organization? It's that fear of them being stuck that either prompts them to take action or gets them stuck in their overwhelm and they do nothing. And so that's where I get to come in and help them with all of that. Awesome. And it, I feel that, you know, when I talk to my candidates, it's, it's kind of the same feeling and I always share with folks, and if you ever listen to the podcast before or know me, you know this phrase, people are stuck because they have to make the choice between uncertainty or unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to stick with the unhappiness because you don't have to make any moves. You just kind of live with it. Um, do you know the story of, of the person, uh, the dog laying on the nail? I don't. So did you, I'm going to share this with you yeah. because you could use this. So when there's two guys sitting on, on a porch, you know, drinking iced tea and it's a hot summer day and one gentleman has his hound dog with him. Every once in a while, the dog lets out a yelp and the, his friend says, what's wrong with your dog? He's ah, nothing. And the dog lets out another yelp a minute later. He's like, what's wrong with the dog? And the owner said, oh, you know, he's just lying on a nail. He's like, he's lying on a nail. Why doesn't he get up? And the owner said, well, I guess it doesn't hurt enough. (laughs) So that's where we stand in corporate America a lot of times, but we don't know how to get unstuck and we don't know how to get off the nail. Where do we go? So you have something called the GPS project. It's not a project. You call it exactly the midlife career GPS. Mm -hmm. What are the steps? Yeah. So by the way, I love that analogy and I'm totally going to use it and give you credit when I share that. So thank you for that. So there are four steps to building your mid-career GPS. It's about preparation, positioning, promoting who you are and what you do and how you show up. So in the preparation phase, it's when you recognize that mid-career moment and you start entertaining ideas about what might it really look like if you were to make some kind of change? So for the people who come to you and they want to explore about what might a franchise look like, or they're thinking, is there a way for them to go organizationally and get promoted or go to a different department, or they're going to leave their company altogether and go somewhere else or do something different. It's important in the preparation phase that I take a look at their mindset and their strengths and also what their value is, not their core values. And obviously that's important. We do some of that as well, but there is something that we all do that is of value professionally to someone else. And and I do work with my clients that's called a unique professional value statement. It's centered around who they help and what they help them do specifically and why that's important to them. When we iron all of that out in the preparation phase, then we can move into the positioning phase. So in the positioning phase, it's things like making sure your resume is really clear and specific and highlights the value you've done in your work and you're going to bring to a new organization. And there should be some alignment, especially for any active job seeker between what's in their resume and what's on their LinkedIn. LinkedIn. 
We want to get all of those things in order so we can strategically position you for what jobs you're going to apply to. Look, Tom, you and I both know, especially during our mid-career journeys, that life is busy. In fact, life's busy now. And so to have somebody devote what is the equivalent of a full-time or part-time job to their job search efforts really isn't likely. And people get discouraged from that very quickly. So to get really intentional with them about where do they want to work? What do they want to do? Who are the people they're going to work with? How are they going to help them? It takes a different lens when they're looking at those job postings and saying, is this really worth my time, effort, and energy to apply to? In the promoting phase, it's all about how we network, we interview, and we tell our story. And telling a story that is going to generate interest so we get someone interested in who we are and what we do, as opposed to just finding us interesting. We're all interesting people. But if I can get you interested in what I do and how I can help you, you and I can have a much different conversation. And then the last part is showing up. And In my previous book, which was called Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career, I outlined six specific strategies to help someone as they navigate their career. And I put a a refresh lens on this in in the Your Mid-Career GPS book. But the six show up strategies are setting ground rules, having intentional conversations, owning where you are, welcoming new opportunities, using your genius protecting and promoting your brand. And when I coach my clients on those and they get really clear about what they mean for them, whether they be in their leadership journey, their career journey, whatever that is, they just come from a much cleaner and cleaner place to tell their story from that place of value and service. And the people I work with, they find jobs, they level up, they are happier than ever. And I am just thrilled and blessed beyond words that I get to do what I get to do every day. Absolutely. So no one like knows, no one's telling the candidate this stuff. So I appreciate that you're doing it. And I'm, and I'm so appreciating that you're on this podcast doing this. So in the, um, the mid-career GPS, I find that as you were talking, the first two skills are kind of like hard things and the other two are soft. So I want to talk about the soft, you know, skills, if you will, meaning like telling a story. So can you give an example? Like, what do you mean? Like I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, interviewing for XYZ job. Like they want to hear about my summer vacation. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? So to give you a very personal example, um, the, the last place I had worked, which was for an educational nonprofit, I had gotten to the point in the hiring process where I was invited in for a half a day interview. And there was, there was an assessment that we had to take at the beginning. It was a very technical assessment. I honestly didn't think I did really well with that. So I was like, okay, met with the senior vice president, um, didn't think that interview went particularly well. And so now I'm into like hour three of this four hour interview. And I thought, well, I got a couple of things I can do. I can either leave and just bail on it. Or I can figure out a way to play in this interview a little differently. So I go into this interview and I, and I actually, it ended up being the person who ultimately hired me and put me on her team. 
And I got to this point in the interview and she said to me, why do I hire you? And it was at that point, Tom, that I knew I had to tell my story. And so this is what I said. I said, well, I spent 14 years teaching in a school district in Northern New Jersey. I worked for DC public schools for 14 months. I worked for the state superintendent for 14 months. I'm really just trying to get to 15 somewhere. Do you want to give me a chance? And there was this uncomfortable laughter. And at that point, I just leaned in and I said to her, all joking aside, here's why you hire me. Pretty much guaranteed I probably bombed that assessment earlier, but my technical skills are good. You can level me up. I'm not worried about that. I said, but you're going to hire me because I'm really good at building teams. I'm really good at repairing dysfunctional teams. And I gave examples of where I had done that. And I had built relationships throughout my career. And I said, if you're looking for someone to put in front of a client, it's where I talked about my consultancy with Casio America. I go, I'm really good in front of the client. And, and I went through these key points of value in my story. And when I got done and I said to her, that's why you're going to hire me. And then I left after my next hour and a couple of days later, I got a call with a job offer. So I accepted and then I'm on the job three months and she walks into my office and closes my door. And I thought, crap, I'm getting fired. And she looks at me and she says, you're not getting fired. I said, okay, that's good. Thank you. And at that point, she said to me, do you remember that point in the interview? Well, here's why I hired you. We have 26 people on my team and I can't attend to every single thing they need day to day. Will you help me lead this team? And at that point, three months into that organization, my, my job duties, my career path pivoted in a way that was so closely aligned to where I am most valuable and allowed me to do some of my best work in my career. I'm so thankful for the five years I got to spend there. But that's why when we know our story, we just know how to tell it. And we know how to tell it in a way that it's going to get someone interested because it speaks to their pain point and how we can help them as a valuable employee. I love it. And it's, thank you for sharing the personal story. And I think what's personal is um, universal. So everybody could relate to that. I think the issue that most people probably have as, as they're listening to this is, you know, we're not, we're told to not talk about ourselves, number one. And, right. and so that's, people come up against that and everybody feels like I don't have a story. I'm, you know, I'm just a person going through life. I don't have a story, but everybody has a story. And, and so your coaching could help them kind of drag that out. Right. Absolutely. And, and another common theme across all the people I work with is they are very heart-centered leaders and professionals, meaning that they're going to put everybody else first before them. And that's another pain point where it is understandably difficult for them to talk about themselves, as you mentioned, because they feel like they're bragging or they're boasting, or it doesn't feel authentic or genuine in how they have been quote unquote taught how to do it. And that's where coaching really lets them massage all of that out in a way that they, they never pitch, 
right? You and I talked previously about like, if you want to pitch, go on Shark Tank. It's a great show. Love it. But it's not about pitching. It's about coming from that place of value and service that I just get to speak from a way of, here's how I can help you. One of the best things I ever talk with my clients about when they're getting ready to go in an interview is to do some of these verbal cues that are going to trigger the hiring manager or the interviewer's brain. Well, they'll say things like, well, here's how I can help you, or I can help you by doing this, or in my experience, here's how I've helped my previous employer. If we pay attention to the verbs, we build relationships very differently, as opposed to saying things like, well, you know, I'm great because I generated $10 million in sales, or I, you know, led this $5 million project or whatever it is. It's not the way we necessarily want to come across when we're trying to build a relationship with somebody who may hire us. So if we come from that place, things, things happen very differently. How does that fit in with, with showing up? Or, or is that what you mean by showing up? Yeah, so showing up, when I, when I started my coaching practice and even before that, I, I would have people I worked with or, or clients would come to me and they would say things to me like, I need to show up differently. But what does that mean? Because you could be interviewing somebody or, and they'd say to you, well, you need to hire me because I'm a team player. I want to know how you play on a team. So we're clear about that. We play on a team the same way. And if we don't, we can have a different conversation. So throughout reflecting on my own career journey and in thinking about all of the conversations that I had had with my clients it's why showing up got defined in those six particular strategies. It's why things like using your genius, that thing that you are so good at. Look, there's a lot of accountants out there. I'm just going to pick on accountants for a second. I mean, there's a lot of accountants out there and they're great, but there is something they do or it's something they specialize in that branch of accounting that they do just a little differently than everybody else. Right. You might have phenomenal tax knowledge and you, you, you communicate that tax information in a way that your client can compre comprehend without going so deep into the tax laws. It, it's things like that that make us stand out. So when we show up and use our genius, we're just really clear where we're coming from that place of value and seeing if somebody else wants that, if it clicks with them in that regard. Is that like the main thing you focus on with showing up or is there another kind of step that you find yourself talking about more with, with clients? Um, using your genius, protecting and promoting your brand are huge points in the coaching relationship to help people just get really clear about what they want to do next and why that's important to them. But the other piece, Tom, is coaching them on having intentional conversations. People oftentimes think they know certain things. We've all been guilty of it, but it's when we know certain things that we can start really making the changes we need to make. I, I, I have a client who was trying to negotiate a promotion within a, a very large fortune 50 company. and it was them having intentional conversations 
where they got so clear about their brand, their reputation, how they navigated within the last reorg, what was working well for them, what wasn't working well for them. And just because they were willing to go and have an intentional conversation, not to hear what they wanted, but to hear what they needed. And then to come back into the coaching relationship and process all of the information they were able to gather shaped the way they navigated internally so differently that within the last six months, they actually got that promotion they wanted. And that was because they had those conversations that needed to be had. Said like, you know, you got to talk about your brand and people like, I don't have a brand. I'm just Tom Scarta. It's not a brand, you know? So explain what you mean when you're talking to somebody looking for a job about their brand. I do love Jeff Bezos's quote about brand is what your brand is, what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. If we take that one step further, your reputation is how well you deliver on it. Uh So people are saying things about you and people are saying things about you either because they've directly experienced something with you or they've heard something about it with you. If you're going to control the narrative and you are going to find ways to elevate and protect and promote your brand, you have to know what is being said about you. And that is about talking to people with whom you explicitly trust and can come to them very authentically and genuinely to just say, I want to talk to you about what people are saying about me. I'm I'm really trying to dig in more about what is my brand? And I'm curious from your point of view and the conversations you're having, what are people saying about me? And your job at that point is just to listen. Yeah. You can get curious, tell me more. What did you mean by that? Try to get them to share as much as possible. And then when you're done with that conversation, thank them. Because as difficult as it is for you, it's probably a little difficult for them as well. Because sometimes they have to deliver information you probably don't want to hear, but you need to hear it. So for example, maybe it's your email communication is a little abrupt and doesn't align with the company culture. Or maybe your communication with people who are of... um, lower job title with you that work on your project, you come across as being dismissive or diminutive, or maybe sometimes people feel like you don't execute quickly enough and leadership is frustrated with how quickly you execute or take action on certain things. There's a reason why your career is not moving as quickly as you would like but it's your job to figure it out. Not everybody's going to tell you. Yeah, that's great. I don't know if you ever um, read the book or heard of the book, The Four Agreements. Yes, I love so, that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and and so uh, Miguel Ruiz talks about um, being impeccable with your words. And that's kind of a little bit about what I'm hearing here. It just brought that to mind. So I thought that was great. Yeah. I, before I opened my practice full-time five years ago, Tom, I, I remember we'd gone through a couple of reorgs. Uh, let me be perfectly clear. I was very thankful I landed where I did. It just wasn't where I wanted. 
And I remember going to my vice president and I remember saying to her, I want to have a conversation with you about my career path. I want to know if it's okay to talk about this with you now. And she goes, sure, go ahead. And I said, well, here's how I'm looking at it. I go, I like what I do and I know I do good work and I know you see that as well. And while I'm not at risk of getting fired today, what I see is that my career path here based on where I landed in the org chart is it's at best horizontal, not getting promoted, not getting a bonus, not getting a raise. And while I can continue to stay here and do good work, the reality is I'm not going to be able to move anywhere internally. And she looked at me, Tom, I'll never forget that look. She looked at me with almost like this shock and awe kind of look. And she goes, they just don't get what you do. They don't see the value you bring. And, And it was very clear that executive leadership was seeing one path and I was not part of that. And that's why I said, wasn't at risk of getting fired. I was very appreciative. They were keeping me on doing what I was doing. But being that I wanted to do more coaching, that just wasn't a possibility. So I needed to have that intentional conversation to get the confirmation that what was going on inside of me was accurate. And when she confirmed for me what I thought to be true was, I left six weeks later. <laughs> and, I, and I left with a lot of gratitude because I, I am so grateful for the experiences I had there. But I left because I knew I could help more people outside that organization than I could internally. This is, this is like such powerful stuff. And it... So many people could use this information. So I appreciate you being on this uh, podcast and wanted to know how people can get in touch with you. Best way for people to get in touch with me, find me on LinkedIn, John Nerrell, N-E-R-A-L, easily enough, would love to just get a connection request from everybody and saying they heard me on your podcast. Uh, they can go to johnnerrell.com, J-O-H-N-N-E-R-A-L.com. I've got some free resources right there on my homepage to help you start building your mid-career GPS. And then certainly take a listen to the Mid-Career GPS podcast as well. Yeah, for sure. Check out that podcast where all great podcasts can be heard. So appreciate that. And all that information will be on the franchiseacademy.com. Uh, you could get in touch with John that way. Any parting words that you would like to leave for people listening to you right now? So absolutely. And Tom, thank you again for this opportunity. What I want to leave with everybody is let's just acknowledge that all our career paths are messy. They're not linear. They're not perfect. They have some moments where things are going really great and other times when they are not. And going through all of those phases in our career journey gets us to where we are because it's the totality of our experiences. And the key is how we show up matters. And when we are clear about how we want to show up, we take full command and responsibility for where our career is headed and great things do get to happen. It's all about taking that responsibility and also not getting addicted to hopium and hoping that your career is going to change. (laughs) Yes. So on that note, thank you so much, John. 
really great to have you on the show. Um, we'll talk more. We, we, you got so much to say and, and I want people to hear this stuff. So we'll, we'll talk more. We'll bring you back on. Tom sounds great. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk soon. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.